goals and your purpose. So I won't go too much into my background because I've done many, many videos now on my background. You can go to the Dancing Bear Enlightenment Academy app. There's lots of videos there on how I got the name Dancing Bear and my five near-death experiences and all of the various challenges that I've had to get me where I am today. And um, that's why I'm passionate about helping people on their journey Especially I'd like to help people who want to help other people because then you reach more people. Um, most of my audience that I like to reach are professionals. This would include coaches and as you know I'm a licensed acupuncturist so other healthcare and medical professionals. But anyone that wants to help others um, will benefit from my programs. Um, so let's I keep saying um too much. I apologize. I need to work on that. So the agenda will be what are your values? Now because this is a YouTube format or a podcast format, obviously almost said um, cut myself. <laughs> obviously we cannot do the exercises. So it's mostly going to be challenging questions for you to think about. So they're rhetorical for you to just go inward and consider what are the answers to these questions. And they're your answers. There's no right or wrong answers. Oh, the gardener's now on the other side of the house. <laughs> Sorry about that. So these are going to be your answers and things for you to consider. I know that myself, I first went through this back in the 80s when I got my first bachelor's degree. And it was very um, emotional. I said, uh, didn't I? I have to work on that. It, it can be very emotional if you've never actually done your biography. And the way I'm going to have your biography is a little bit different. And I also took a class in the early 90s, a train the trainer class. And in that class, they asked, what are your values? And I had never thought about, what are my values? And then afterwards, we shared our values with another person. And then several people shared their values with the group. And it was a shock to me that certain values weren't my value. So these are very important that I've learned over the years. So we're going to go through some of these. And if you've never done it, then it will be your first time. And if you've done it, I always recommend you do this at least once a year to reevaluate who you are. And there goes my dog. I hope you can't hear him. <clears throat> so what are your values? What are the events in your life? Or should say, what are the significant events in your life? Write your obituary. What are your goals? You know the old saying, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. And lastly, what do you know your sole purpose? Because if you don't know your sole purpose, how do you know you're doing what you came here to do? And of course you have multiple sole purposes, so we're going to go through all of that. So first is, what are your values? Why is it important to know your values? <clears throat> how do you know if the people that are around you are the people you should be around or are best for you. 
and that you know by your values so if you have a value of do not steal and you have friends that steal why are you having those friends now that's an extreme example and do you ever want friends with different values i think you do because they present other viewpoints you just have to respect the fact that they have different values but if you want to do a business partnership with them or a personal relationship you really do need to have similar values so having that discussion with yourself first and then with your um, friends or we're talking close friends here uh, relatives don't count <laughs> because we almost always have different values um, we just have to accept them as they are um, but if you're going to be in a close relationship with someone I suggest you do have similar values at least certain values need to be similar do you have a mission how many of you have written a mission statement now I know a lot of businesses corporations they write mission statements and it's just a short statement what is your purpose and I like to have a personal mission statement and I divide it into three categories and when we get into the goal settings I'll talk about the three categories and when you go on my website excuse me <clears throat> you will see a mission statement for all my different businesses so my core values changed and continue to change so what are your core values and do they ever change I know mine have um, I was raised Southern Baptist and when I was a young teenager I couldn't figure out why people read the Bible out of context because that's not how I read books and I like books so I decided to read the Bible like a book of course I was a kid and I read it as a literal book and I went this is full of crap and became an atheist so now I had those values and then when I got older I got sick and almost died several times started meditating found God read the Bible again from cover to cover like a book but now I'm an adult and I don't read it literally now I understand symbolism and I see the hidden messages so this changed my values again so these events in our life the significant events which we'll get into in the biography change your values do you notice these changes have you recorded them I like to journal so they're in my journal um, it's important to journal because you can look back later and go wow I really felt like that before oh wow because we forget <laughs> not that you want to remember necessarily but it's good to you can only compare your progress with yourself not anyone else and it lets you see wow I've really grown since whenever so why are values important well if you don't know your values how do you know who you are how do you know what's important to you you may get upset about something and not even know why well it it went against one of your values so knowing your values up front when it starts to happen you don't take it personal you go okay this goes against my value I need to disconnect or walk away or whatever uh, behavior is appropriate for the moment so if you do a web search for values and there's tons of places with lists of values in class I would give people a list of 100 values and have them pick 25 
I'm just telling you, do go out on the web, do a search for a list of values, and there's a lot of lists out there, and pick 25 of them. And then of the 25, narrow it down to your top 10, and then at the very least, put the top three in order. You can put top 10 in order if you like, but at least know your top three values. Now my top value today is inner peace. But when I did this exercise in the early 90s, inner peace wasn't even on my top 10 list. It wasn't even in my top 100 list. So that just shows you how you can change over time. And when you know your values and when you listen to the values of other people, you go, wow, I never considered that. And you may change your values as a result. So now ask yourself, why are these my values? That is almost as important as the value itself. What is your top value? And why do you consider it to be so important? Again, there's no right or wrong answers. There's no right top <clears throat> value someone can have or right top 10. That's why there's so many lists with some of them have more than 100 values listed. And sometimes I'll see a list and it doesn't even have one of my top 10 values on it. So you can make up your own list of values if you want, but they're your values. And why do you have those values? Did you just accept the values you were raised with or given to you by your church? I didn't. I woke up and said, wait a minute, this is all wrong. And I created my own value system. What have you done with your values? Again, there's no right or wrong answer. If you still do the values of your childhood and they're working for you, that's fine too. At least you know what they are and you agree with them and you've thought about it. So for those of you who are not on YouTube, I have a little cartoon here of a cute little dog. I like dogs. It says, handle every stressful, okay, once more. Handle every stressful situation like a dog. If you can't eat it, or play with it, just pee on it and walk away. Okay, what are the events in your life? So, when you write a biography, don't write, I was born here, I had this mom and this dad. That's not important. When you die, those things are not important. It is important, however, to write your biography, but what I want you to consider writing is the significant events in your life. Don't write, oh, I was born, I did this, this happened. No, 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 no. You want to write the significant events. So, for example, um, I had a daughter, I have a daughter, but when she was three, we, have, we had a pool at the time I was married, and we were on the side of the house gardening, the three of us, my husband, me, and my daughter. And I turned around and my daughter disappeared. And I ran around to the back and she was in the pool. I dove in and pulled her out. She was purple and not breathing. And my husband didn't know CPR and she was too heavy for me to hold. You have to hold a child on your arm. It's too heavy. So I put her on his arm and told him what to do. And we managed to save her. But that was a traumatic event for me and a trauma. And it, even today will choke me up if I talk about it sometimes. So when other people talk about losing their child, it just whoa, brings up 
see, choke me up, <laughs> brings up that trauma of that memory. Now, you can clear the trauma and you can reset the memory to lessons learned. Uh, never let your daughter run loose in the backyard when you have a pool. But it's a significant event. And when you die, those are what you remember. People say, oh, my life flashed before my eyes. Well, guess what? It's not the house you lived in or the apartment or wherever you live. It's not the places you visited. It's not the fancy car or whatever you drove or the bicycle or whatever you have. It's the people and your relationships. This of course includes your relatives because we incarnate with them on purpose and we incarnate with them over and over. We, they're sort of like a group of us. and We take turns being mom and dad and sibling and best friend and what have you. So that is what comes up. Um, so, and also I've had five near-death experiences. So that's, those were incredible learning uh, for me. Sorry, I switched the frame by accident. Um, <clears throat> and I have a number of videos where you can listen to them and find out. Uh, I think I went through them recently in a podcast with Swanette that I think aired um, last week so you can go listen to it there um, but there's several podcasts and in, go to the Dancing Bear Enlightenment Academy app there's several recordings where I talk about what I learned especially the last three that I had close together um, that really changed my life and you really understand the importance of relationships so that's what I'm consider what I'm asking you to consider or inviting you to think about is what are those significant events and have you forgiven the people in the event and you know in my case I had to forgive myself for not noticing that my daughter disappeared sooner um, she ended up spending the night in the hospital and we were concerned about chemical pneumonia because pools have chlorine in them unless you have the new saltwater pools. This was a long time ago. So what are the events in your life? What are the traumas that still need to be healed? And when you start to write about it, if you can't write about it without crying, it's not healed. <laughs> and some traumas maybe never really heal because they, they get embedded in our DNA. And science has now found that we're actually passing that down to our children, that those traumas are memories in our DNA. And we can have ancestral memories. So identifying those traumas and healing them and working on them is very, very important. And then you want to journal how have they impacted your life. So that's your biography. What are the traumas that you've experienced? Have you healed it? Have you forgiven others and yourself? And what is the impact? How has it changed your life? What do you now do different because of those traumas? And eventually, that, if you've had as interesting a life as me, that can become a book because um, we've all had traumas. I'm sure everyone listening has their share of traumas. So write your obituary. Why would you want to do that? Well, this is your legacy. Do you have a legacy? Have you even thought about your legacy? We're all going to die someday. What do we want to leave behind? 
Now, some people, you know, they want to leave behind buildings. They become an architect or they, they, they want to leave something concrete or maybe they write 50 or 60 books because they want to be remembered or they become a movie star and leave behind all these movies so that no one will forget them. But your legacy is much more than that. Your legacy is the impact you have on people because they in turn impact others. And to me, that is the most important legacy you can have. So what is the legacy you want to have? And you don't, don't, this is what I get from some people. Well, I want to be nice to everybody. Well, you know, sometimes being nice, you need to walk away, not be nice because people are abusive sometimes. You don't want to stand there and take abuse. And I see sometimes nice people putting up with things they shouldn't. And then eventually they get really, really angry, which if you don't deal with that, you get cancer. So the answer isn't to just be nice and just, you know, be respectful. It's much more than that. You have to take care of yourself and you have to think about what is it that you want to have as an impact? How do you want to be remembered? Now, of course, there are people that, well, what was that guy's name? Um, I never met a person I didn't like. Um, I forgot his name. I wrote a book I read decades ago. Um, and I can't remember the name of that either. Oh, well. Um, some people make it a point to always like everyone. It, Bill Clinton's a good example of that. They're very charismatic. Everybody likes them. They're really sweet. Because they want everyone to like them. And we're not talking about that. We're talking about people who leave an impression. Um, they can be a negative teacher or a positive teacher. Negative teachers are people that teach us, oh, that's not how I want to be. That's still a legacy. <laughs> it may not be the one you want to have, but it's still a legacy. Um, so have you ever written an obituary for a loved one? Well, most people do uh, an obituary the way I talked about not doing your biography. Oh, they were born here, they're survived by so-and-so, they lived here, whatever. That's not their legacy. What is the legacy of someone that you have lost? Well, sometimes people have, um, what are they called, wakes or some kind of event and others will get up and they'll talk about the impact that person had on their life. That's your legacy. What are people going to say about you when you die? What are you leaving behind? So if you write your obituary you quantify exactly what you want to have people remember you by. If you've never thought about it, how do you know? You don't have a goal. You don't have a plan. How, how do you know what you're doing is going to leave the legacy that you want? So that's the importance of writing your obituary. <clears throat> and then, of course, last but not least, what are your goals? If you have no goal, where are you going? Any road will get you there, right? Now, a lot of people write goals and they say, oh, you never achieve them. Well, you know what? I have a different way of doing goals. And I think they're very important. And I have three categories of goals, personal, professional, and spiritual. And every year, I reassess my goals. Now, you can have more categories if you like. 
personal goal might be you want to learn how to do something or you're going to start a garden or you're going to uh, one year I, I spent a whole year working on being more patient um, so sometimes I'll set a personal goal uh, it's something that I want to either change myself or improve or something I want to learn and it has nothing to do with work it's just me I'm gonna work on me it's my personal goal it might be changing your diet it might be exercise whatever what is your personal goal then you have a professional goal um, maybe you're I spent my early years in Silicon Valley um, I was a, I had a consulting company there maybe it was learn a new skill or learn a new language or what have you uh, if you're retired then or you are blessed enough that you don't have to work then maybe it's what volunteer work do you want to do or what foundation do you want to uh, manage or support um, you know unless you just sit around the house all day watching TV <laughs> that would be a boring life <laughs> and you probably are not watching this uh, podcast so what are your professional goals and then what are your spiritual goals and if you have a religion then what are your religious goals I don't have a religion but I am very spiritual so it might be you want to meditate more or pray more or whatever your belief system is um, if you're an atheist then um, you still need to have some kind of way to support your soul your spirit your energy your higher self whatever you want to call it in your belief system so think about those three areas and you know if you want to add more that's fine and create a goal and a plan so I like to have a three-year plan a five-year plan or a ten-year plan some people ten years is like oh my god I can't even who knows five years might even be too much but at least have a three-year plan because you can accomplish a lot in three years and put the goal together with um, weekly milestones and if you miss the milestone you don't beat yourself up you just adjust your plan stuff happens things come up but if you review your goals every week once a week you just sit down and say okay this is what I'm gonna do and every time you achieve one of those goals you give yourself a reward so part of your goal is what are you going to reward yourself maybe you decide you're gonna take a class and maybe it's a one-year program so at the end of the year you're gonna go out to dinner with a bunch of friends or you're gonna go on a vacation if you maybe had a, a decided to get a college degree and at the end you're gonna go on a vacation um, or maybe you're gonna start a new business how will you start that business what are your goals and uh, how, how will you reward yourself always have a reward because that's what you look forward to so review your goals daily so decide what do you need to do today to be finished with your goal by the end of the week and maybe you take a couple of days where you don't do anything towards that goal because you need time out sometimes and maybe you have vacation where you don't work on any goals at all maybe you're just gonna veg out for one two three four weeks however many weeks you're blessed to have as vacation um, and then just plan out and it doesn't have to be so rigid that your whole life is planned 
down to the minute for the next five years. No, we're not talking about that. Give yourself time to breathe. Give yourself space, but have a goal. And you'll be amazed if you do a little bit every day or every week, eventually you'll get there. Um, I saw a class, oh, I said, um, sorry. I saw a class recently by someone who teaches people how to get their book written. And he said, if you spend 15 minutes a day writing on your book, you'll have your book done, I think he said in 90 days or something like that. I guess it depends on how big the book is. If you buy, if you decide to write a, a simple little pamphlet type book, you should be done in less than a week if you spent 15 minutes a day. Then it may take you another week to edit it. <laughs> if you write like I do, you have to edit over and over. Um, and then annually, review and rework your goals. So instead of saying, well, I'll never achieve my goals, say, I'm going to achieve my goals. I'm going to have a plan for achieving my goals. And if I have a roadblock, I'll just reset the plan. And eventually you will, even if it takes 10 years, you will eventually achieve your goal. And of course, like I said earlier, have accomplish, have rewards for your accomplishments. If you did it, great. And you should be rewarded for it. And if your family doesn't appreciate the fact that you just accomplished it, find some friends, celebrate with them. So there's a Native American proverb on the screen, so I'll read it since those of you that are listening only won't be able to read it. Listen to the wind, it talks. Listen to the silence, it speaks. Listen to your heart, it knows. It's a Native American proverb. So do you know your soul purpose? Now this is very important, and you have multiple purposes. And you create those purposes before you incarnate into a body. You decide what energy you ha want to have. You decide your astrology. Now, if that's not in your belief system, okay, fine. But I've died and have been on the other side. Trust me, there's another side. <laughs> you, you, you don't die, okay? This is a learning experience that we go through. How to live in a 3D world where we're... Uh, we don't know when we're going to die, but we know we're going to die. We're uh, affected by our emotions and our hormones and world events and local events and family. And it's very challenging to be in a human body, but that's not who we are. You have a soul and the soul is eternal. And it decides ahead of time why it's going to incarnate and with the people that it incarnates with. And it's important to know all your different purposes. Because if you don't achieve them, you're just going to have to come back and do it all over again. <laughs> and if you've had challenges in this life, and if you're listening to this, I know you've had challenges. Lots of them. Do you really want to go through that again? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so it's really important to know your sole purpose and are you achieving it. And if you're way off your path, we get kicked in the butt. I know, I've been kicked many times. And you either wake up or you die. And that's what was happening to me. I was dying. I knew if I didn't change, I would be dead. And I went from believing only in Western medicine, which was killing me, 
to going turning to meditation and alternative health care which saved me and it was a combination of the two it was through meditation that i started to understand what i needed to do what i had to change and through natural health care and acupuncture i learned how to do that and to get the treatments i needed to heal what i needed to heal so why are you here and i don't mean on this podcast i mean here on earth why did you decide to incarnate at this time for me when i woke up i realized oh i'm supposed to help humanity with the transition there there are many many star seeds here right now and that is our purpose and we're trying to find whatever people are our tribe whoever is attracted to us to help them in the wake up process and to understand what they need to do both as a soul and as a human in the ascension process and we are going through a process and it's a long slow process although the last the last 10 the last 30 years since the 90s things accelerated they keep accelerating the last two years we've been at Mach 10 and we're going since the 24th of April we're going into something much greater than Mach 10 whatever that is I don't even know um, the changes are going to be accelerating on a daily basis the downloads are coming so understanding why you're here is crucial so that you can fulfill your commitment so are you working towards that soul purpose if you already know do you know what all of them are because you have more than one if you don't know why not or if you do know why not what is stopping you what are your barriers what are your challenges and journal that again these are rhetorical questions just to stimulate your own thought so think about that what is it for you are you working on the barriers that are blocking you there's an old saying healer heal thyself so if you're here you're probably one of the healers how are you working on yourself we all have issues i'm working on myself I have people I go to to help me. I mean, we all need help. So do you know what to do? Have you considered it? Have you meditated on it and ask, what is the most important thing you could do at this time? What is it you need to work on or change? I constantly ask. I'm constantly asking for downloads. And normally in these classes, I give a lot of downloads, but unfortunately in this format, I can't do that. Um, so you won't you won't get the downloads in the podcast but if you take the class you get all the downloads so what are the five common barriers to success what are the challenges that people have blocking them well number one is emotional issues it's the number one thing that holds us back we take things personal or we get angry or we don't know how to forgive or we haven't learned to live in gratitude and so we get moody and we have mood swings. Of course, some of that's hormonal, and sometimes that's from our diet, and sometimes it's from outside resources that are affecting us in a negative way, maybe too much EMF exposure or bad water or whatever. Number three, it, oh, number two is lack of self-awareness. I meet people all the time who are not self-aware. They don't know how they come across. They think they're okay. They think everything's fine, and they have no clue. This is why having really open, honest friends is so important that can tell you, you know, you did this. Oh, 
I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that because we all make mistakes. Number three is lack of focus. And today I, I read a study recently that said, no, people can focus better than ever. I, I'm sorry. I don't buy that. How many of you are addicted to your phone? <laughs> you pick it up 10 times a day, right? You look at Twitter or Facebook or whatever, social media, Rumble, whatever it is that you choose. Maybe maybe you're on, what's that, Clubhouse. I tried Clubhouse for, I think, about two weeks and I had to disconnect it because I couldn't turn off the notifications and it just drove me crazy. And it, that's probably the biggest time drain I've ever plugged into. I thought, oh, okay, I'm done with Clubhouse. <laughs> Nothing against Clubhouse. A lot of people like it. If you've figured out how to make it not ping you every five seconds, that's good. I don't, I don't want to be interrupted constantly. So learning how to focus is extremely important. Learning how to say, okay, I'm only going to read emails so many times a day. I'm only going to spend so much time on social media a day. And when I eat, I'm only going to eat. I'm not going to have my phone at the table. How many of you do that? How many of you are with friends and you're all on your phone? I have a friend that would come to my house and she'd sit there on her phone. Hello, you're in person with somebody. Get off your phone. So number four is fuzzy purpose or no purpose at all. So you have a purpose. You just haven't tuned into what it is or you haven't looked at it and really clarified really what is my purpose? What are, what, what is my goal? What is my, um, uh, what do I want to leave behind after I leave? What is my legacy? And then number five is you don't know what to do about one through four, or you know what to do and you don't try. And that I know what to do, but I don't try is probably the worst of all. So I would invite you to think about all of this. I've given you some steps that you can follow. Uh, if you want the slides, I'll be happy to send them to you. You can get hold of me if you know how you can go to um, dancingbearenlightenmentacademy.com or you can go to omforsuccess.com or you can go to drbeverlylawrence.com and there's all kinds of ways to contact me that, there. So uh, there's a quote on the page. I'll read it for those of you on the podcast. Holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Supposedly a quote from Buddha. It's not the way Buddha talked, but you get the message. So just a quick overview of the Dancing Mirror Enlightenment Academy transformation program. So the way we start is Own for Success. And this talk was part of the Own for Success program, but I removed it. And if you missed the summit in March, I have a summit twice a year. And that's where I have lots of guest speakers. Like on this podcast, I have lots of guest speakers. And um, it's free. Uh, of course, there's some paid options if you want the bonuses, but it's free if you want to watch it live. And the next one will be in September. And then I have a Master Intuitive Mystic program, which basically teaches you how to become a medical intuitive. Uh, if you're a medical practitioner, you can actually diagnose. If you're not a medical practitioner, you cannot diagnose. But at least you understand how to look into people's aura and into their energy field. And this can be very helpful if you're working with clients. And then we won't go into the long-term one-year program. So that's the end of my talk.
Again, if you want to get hold of me, drbeverlylawrence.com, ohmforsuccess.com, or my app, Dancing Bear in Life.